And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We're starting a new series. I'm not going to preach long today. A new series entitled The Real Jesus, The Real Jesus. And today I want to talk to you about the righteousness of of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, as we're approaching Easter, I don't know if you've noticed it, but many of the television networks are now starting to show films and documentaries about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God for those few that come out that are faithful to the Scripture, that give us a true, authentic glimpse of the King of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know, there's a number of them where the productions are nothing but lies, they're nothing but historical fiction. And... Um, PBS, in fact, is airing a program called From Jesus to Christ. And they say it's a film that will question what the Bible teaches about Jesus. It'll question his divinity, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Someone else has produced a film called The Secret Family of Jesus. And the producers say they want to shake everything that Christians hold dear. CNN is going to uh, be showing a, a program called Finding Jesus. And, and, and then another network... There's a man named Robert Beckford that hosts this, this documentary, and it's called The Hidden Story of Jesus. And what Mr. Beckford is suggesting is that the gospel of Jesus Christ was actually stolen from the Hare Krishna followers and the followers of Buddha. And, and you know, I read that, and I thought, how dumb can you get and still breathe? Buddha did not die on the cross for you. Buddha was not the son of God crucified, taking upon himself the sin and the shame and the, and the, the, the iniquities and the diseases of the human race. Krishna did not die for you. Jesus Christ died for you. And the only way that you and I can know the real, authentic Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is through the pages of this Holy Bible, through the pages of Scripture, because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law of Moses, and Jesus is the Word become flesh. And dear ones, look at me. For years, my growth in Christ was stunted for two reasons. Number one, I was not reading the Bible like I should. I was not, you, you're not going to grow if you don't read the, especially the New Testament. You've got to read the scripture. But there was another big hindrance for me, and that's because I really didn't know what Jesus accomplished for me on the cross. You see, I knew Jesus died. I knew he forgave me of my sins. I knew I loved him and I knew he was coming back again. But I didn't understand everything that he had done. See, I was still weighed down by a weight of, of guilt. In fact, I would have so much guilt and I'd feel so much condemnation because I knew that I loved Jesus, but I also knew that I wasn't living a perfect life. And it seems like the more, the harder I tried to live for Jesus, the harder it got. And I felt such condemnation. I'd come to church and I'd feel condemned. I'd try to pray. And this voice would remind me of all the things that I had done wrong, of all the, all the ways that I had fallen short. And I felt this shame and I felt this embarrassment. You see, I did not know that the scripture says in Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according 
to the Spirit. See, I didn't know that Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. I didn't know that the devil goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he could devour. I didn't know that the accuser of the brethren would whisper in my ear lies and falsehoods about who I was and about my past. I didn't understand. We were just singing that marvelous song, covered, covered. Our sins are covered. I'm going to tell you, not only are they covered, they're taking as far as the east is from the west. Hallelujah. And east and west never meet. See, I I think there are perhaps millions and millions of Christians who labor today under a weight of, of sin consciousness. There are a lot of people that feel doomed. They feel condemned. They feel shame because they don't feel like they measure up. See, I, I, I never read Ephesians 2.8, which says that we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. See, I thought I was saved by trusting Jesus Christ and my own ability to live for Him. Anybody would say, you felt that way too? I thought I was saved because of what Jesus did and then because of, of my zealousness to live for Him. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. My zeal for, live, for living for Him is like filthy rags. I mean, you've got to will to live for the Lord, but my will doesn't save me. I'm saved by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just didn't understand that kind of thing. Look again at chapter 8 of Romans, chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You know, some years ago, I wrote a note out beside Romans 8, verse 1 in my Bible. Let me read it to you. Here's the note in my Bible. It says, The presence and the person of the Holy Spirit living inside me is the very life of Jesus Christ. Say that again. The presence and the person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside Christians is the very presence and the very life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, why don't you encourage that person? Why don't you bless them? Why don't you give them some money? Why don't you do an act of kindness for them? Why don't you call them? When the Holy Spirit impresses you, you say, how do I know if it's from the Holy Spirit or if it's just from something that's coming from someplace else? Well, the Bible says, try the Spirit. You got to figure that out. And it's, I'm going to tell you something. The devil is not going to tell you to encourage somebody. The devil is not going to tell you to, to, to bless somebody and give them $10 or $20. The devil's not going to tell you to do an act of kindness for somebody. And if you find somebody on your mind, it's probably because the Holy Spirit is trying to impress upon you that you need to pray for them, that you need to reach out to for them. You just need to give them a call and say, hey, what's going on? I've had you on my mind today. I've been praying for you. Oh, it makes such a difference. Now, let me again go back to what I've got written in my Bible. The presence and the person of the Holy Spirit living inside us is the very life of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ in you is the fulfillment of the law of Moses. And Jesus Christ in you is the fulfillment of the word of God because Jesus is the word become flesh. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I want you to know something. In verse 1 it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. See, when God looks at you, He sees you in Christ. When we look at ourselves, sometimes all we see is a mess. When we look at ourselves, we're saying, well, I've asked Christ to live in me. But when God looks at you, he sees you as in Christ and he sees your sins covered and he sees Jesus living inside you and you living inside him. That's the reason the Bible says in him we live and move and have our being. Look at verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. See, there are two laws in this old world. There's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And then there's the law of sin and the law of death. And every day I get to decide, am I going to participate and cooperate with the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ? Or am I going to cooperate with the law of sin and the law of death? Verse 3. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, you you, you, you got to make up your mind. Am I going to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law by my own flesh, by my own good works? Or am I going to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law by Jesus Christ in me? And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Am I going to allow Jesus Christ to live inside me? And be my Lord. Am I going to allow him to talk with me and commune with me and speak to me and direct me and guide me? Or am I going to do it my own way? Verse four, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Verse five. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. The the Greek word for flesh is sarx, S-A-R-X. And it's it, it refers to the lower nature of a person, the place where our sinful desires are. And folks, the devil loves to keep your mind on the things of the flesh. The devil... He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can't keep you away from the Lord Jesus Christ, if he can't keep you from putting your faith in Christ, he'll try to make you a carnal Christian and he'll try to get you occupied totally with things that are going wrong. He'll try to get you preoccupied with, 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 with sexual 
immorality with thoughts of sexual immorality. He'll try to get your mind befogged by lust and greed and covetousness and, and a sense of offense. He'll try to fill your mind with resentment and bitterness and fear and problems and things that aren't going right. For those that, are, that live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But there's an alternative. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded, in other words, to be fleshly minded, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and is peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, the carnal mind is hostile. The carnal mind is disobedient against God. It's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Let me just ask everybody, look at me. Does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Hallelujah. Then we've got to do what Paul told Timothy, and that's we've got to stir up the gift of God that's within us. Come on, just right now, just where you are. Lord, we just stir up the gift of God that's inside us. I thank you that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. You say, well, I don't feel filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what you feel. We're not going after feelings. We're going by faith. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we don't walk in the flesh, but we walk in the Spirit. Verse 9, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells inside you. How does the Holy Spirit give you life? It's by the anointing. It's by the anointing. You know, this morning, when I arrived at church, I heard that Brother John Balcon was healed on Wednesday night. How's your back today? Come here and tell us about it. Um, years ago, I uh, jumped out of a perfectly good airplane and uh, with a parachute, and uh, it was a sand drop zone, but right under the, the, the surface of the sand was uh, a, a mini boulder about the size of an oversized grapefruit, and when I hit the ground and rolled, it, it hit my, my lower lumbar, my L2, L3, uh, in my spine, and it kind of twisted my spine, and um, I've been dealing with that ever since. That was, you know, many, many years ago, over 20 years ago, but I've been dealing with that pain ever since, and they wanted to do surgery. I, you know, decided not to do the surgery, and I, I knew that my healing was, uh, it was, was going to come, and um, when Pastor Glenn on Wednesday night said, there is somebody in here dealing with a, a, a disc in their lower back, uh, I knew he was, he was talking directly to me and, uh, I came forward and he prayed over me and, uh, I just, I just felt the spirit of God just get hot inside of me and my, 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 my spirit just leaped. And, and, and I mean, when he got done praying, uh, I was able, uh, to bend over, uh, in a way that I hadn't been able to do in years, in years. And, uh, that pain is now gone. 
from my lower back. And I thank the Lord for that. It's just been an amazing relief. You know, having to deal with that on a daily basis, it's been an amazing relief. So I, I give all g- glory to God for that. And I thank God for, uh, you know, the, the calling that uh, he has placed on our healing saints. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. And I know that the God, God is working through you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Where is Judy? Judy Neal. She just, you just, she just came to me just. Just before I came up here to preach, Judy, come on up here real quick. Nothing like putting you on the spot, is there? And John, you did good, John, not to have any foreknowledge that I was going to call you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. God just did something for you this morning? I've been having problems with this ankle, and the um, I went to the doctor about six weeks, and I guess off and on, it just would freeze up, and it would hurt, and it would swell, and I just woke up this morning and says, I know God's going to heal me today, <laughs> And uh, but then I went to the doctor. He said it was arthritis, but to Jerry this morning, I went to her, and she anointed my ankle, and the Lord just touched it. The pain is gone. I can twist Hallelujah. and turn. I can run. Hallelujah. So God is so good to me. Hallelujah. Can I say something else, yeah. Pastor? Friday, I had to go back to Gainesville for my six months checkup. And the last time I was there back in September, I didn't get to see my doctor, the one that did surgery on me. But she came in this time, and she looked at me, and she said, well, you just look amazing. I said, well, that's just God. <laughs> and my, all, everything is wonderful. It's great. And uh, praise you're, the you're Lord. You're cancer free. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Let me share with you just four things that I've learned. Four things I've learned over the years. Number one, I've discovered that when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he makes you righteous. When you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he cleanses your heart of sin. When you repent and you turn away from it, I'm going to tell you, he's working in your life in a whole new manner. And you can now stand before him without a sense of guilt. You can stand before him without a sense of condemnation, without a sense of shame, and without a sense of inferiority. Hallelujah. Psalms 103 verse 12. Read this aloud and loudly. Come on, everybody together. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And then Micah 7, 19. Let's read this aloud together. It says, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Folks, since your sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west, since your sins have been thrown into a sea of forgetfulness, what business do you have bringing them up again and again and again and again? I'm telling you. It does not help for you to talk about your past lifestyle. Well, I used to rob banks. Well, I, I used to tell lies. Well, I almost killed somebody. Well, I did kill some Folks, that does not help to talk about those things. Because once you are born again, 
Once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the righteous requirement of the law is now going to be fulfilled in you by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the law says, thou shalt not kill. Guess what? When you're walking in the Spirit, you're not going to want to kill anybody. You might think about it, but you won't do it. The law says thou shalt not steal. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're not going to steal from anybody. The law says thou shalt not bear false witness. When you're walking in the Spirit, you're not going to lie to anybody. Come on. Hallelujah. You know, when I was a child growing up in church, it seemed like this is not a, a criticism. It's just an observation. It seemed like Almost every sermon that I heard was either on the second coming of Christ or on heaven. You know, and, and so I'd hear these, these messages on heaven. And, and the message is this, well, when we all get to heaven, we're finally going to have victory over sin. When we get to heaven, then we can sing and shout the victory. You remember that song? When we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see jesus we'll sing and shout the victory and everything about that song is true but you know what you don't have to sing and shout the victory when you get to heaven you can do it right now you can sing and shout glory to god the old devil may come in one way, but he's got to flee seven ways. And one of the ways you'll make him to flee is for you just to start singing and shouting the victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You see, God's intention is not just to get you and me to heaven one day. That is, that is a, an ultimate intention, and I'm excited about heaven. But God wants to give you some heaven while you're on this earth to go to heaven in. Because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And I, I just want you to know you can have a clear conscience now, but don't be talking about your past life. Don't be talking about the way it used to be before you came to the Lord. Start talking about the goodness of the Lord. Start talking about the mercy of the Lord. Start talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Start talking about how God has met your needs. Start, you say, well, I'm going through a dry time, Pastor. It's just all that stuff seems kind of distant. Well, then you start speaking the scripture that says God's my refuge and strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. I mean, you may feel like yesterday's leftovers. But you can still say, if God be for me, who can be against me? What shall we say to these things? Man, David encouraged himself in the Lord when his men wanted to kill him. His wife and children had been kidnapped. His village had been burned. It looked like he had every reason in the world to throw in the towel and give up. But the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. And do you know that less than two chapters later, he becomes the king of Hebron. And seven years later, he becomes the king of Israel. I'm just telling you, just before your breakthrough, things may start looking dark. But I'm telling you, don't throw in the towel. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. The second thing that I've learned is that being aware of your right standing with God will help you to resist sin. 
See, the devil wants to put you under condemnation, but you can turn around and say, Mr. Devil, there is therefore now no condemnation. I am in Christ Jesus. I'm not walking in the flesh, but I'm walking in the spirit. And you can say, take your condemnation and go. Hallelujah. You can say, devil, you may try to come against me with condemnation. You may even present temptation. How many of you know it's not a sin to be tempted? It's a sin when you give in to temptation. Somebody said you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Amen. And no temptation has overtaken you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able to bear. But in the temptation, he's going to make a way of escape. And when you feel like, I just can't keep this up, I just can't keep going, I've reached my wit's end, you just need to say, Lord, I thank you, I receive a way of escape. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When the devil tries to jump on you, you just say, jump back, Jack. I'm a child of the living God. You're knocking on the wrong door. I used to be in the world and I used to be into sin. But I am now crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I may not be perfect, but the life that I do now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, who gave himself up for me. I've been delivered out of the dominion of sin. I am not a slave to sin. Sin no longer has dominion over me. I'm a child of the living God. I'm a new creature in Christ. Christ Jesus. Think about the Apostle Paul with me for a minute. Paul worked hard to imprison and arrest and even to kill Christians. He persecuted the church. I mean, he was bad news, but he came to Christ on the Damascus Road and he wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 17. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He said, yeah, I used to be Paul the, 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 the murderer. I used to be Paul the terrorist. Yes, I used to try to murder and destroy the church, but I've been changed. Jesus Christ is now my Lord, and I am in Christ, and He is in me, and I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Those old things, they have passed away. Glory to God. I think that's honestly the reason he could write 2 Corinthians 7, 2. Look at this with me. 2 Corinthians 7, 2. He says, open your hearts to us. We've wronged no one. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He was holding the clothing of those that stoned Stephen. We've wronged no one. We've corrupted no one. We've cheated no one. Can you imagine him preaching that message? And in that congregation was Mrs. Stephen and Stephen's Children, what do you mean, Paul? You've wronged no one. You corrupted no one. You cheated no one. He'd say, oh, that was Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus is dead. And I'm now alive in Christ. I'm a new person. It's not that I didn't do those things, 
but I've become new in Christ Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit fills me. And the Holy Spirit inside me is now the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He walks with me and He talks with me. And He whispers to me, He says, you're now my very creator. You're my very own special treasure. I've been redeemed. Oh, all of us deserve death and hell. All of us deserve eternity separated from God. Folks, none of us are going to get to heaven by our own merit. Our own righteousness is as filthy rags. But thank God for His grace. Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for the atoning blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's the third thing that I've learned. I've learned that when Jesus hung on the cross... My sins and your sins were placed on him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Hanging on the cross. Jesus, suspended between heaven and hell, nails piercing his hand, a sword had pierced his side, a crown of thorns on his brow, his back lacerated by 39 lashes, hanging on the cross between two thieves. The sun is starting to set. And the order is given, break their legs so nobody takes them off the cross and they escape because a a crucified man could live for three to four days. But they were astonished when they came to Jesus the Christ because he was already dead. What killed Jesus? Why did he die so soon? It wasn't just the afflictions put on him by the Romans. What killed Jesus was my sins. Every lie that's ever been told from Adam and Eve to eternity future was placed on Jesus. Every murder, starting from Adam and Eve's sons when when Cain killed Abel, that murder was placed on Jesus as He hung on the cross. And every murder since then and every murder that will ever be committed was placed on Him. Every lie ever told was placed on Him. Every act of adultery bestiality every sexual sin of every kind was placed on him that's what killed him that day plus our diseases and our sicknesses were placed on him that's the reason the bible says that the sun refused to shine i believe god himself could not bear to watch his own son becoming our propitiation the full sacrifice for our sins and jesus said it is finished and he died Because he was bearing my sins and your sins. On that cross, Jesus walked across that great divide that separated man and God. And he says, I will be the sacrifice. I will pay the penalty. I will become sin 
in the flesh. Jesus took our place. He's our substitute. He became sin. I deserve to be crucified. I deserve eternity and death and hell. I deserve eternity separated from God. But Jesus took my place. He washed me in his blood. He cleansed me by his blood. He made me whole. He made me free. And I can come boldly to a throne of grace. And I don't find condemnation. You say, Pastor, I got these sins of omission in my life. Well, welcome to the club. All of us are going to miss it sometimes in thought, word, or deed. All of us are going to say something careless that we shouldn't have said. Welcome to the club. I can still come to the throne of grace. You can still come to a throne of grace, not to a throne of judgment. Not to a throne of condemnation. Not to a throne of shame. But you come to a throne of grace. And you find mercy. And you find grace to help you in your time of need. (laughs) There's a verse of scripture that Shortly after I graduated from Emmanuel College, a good friend in the pre-internet days, he wrote me a snail mail letter. And he put this verse in the letter. And it took me a while. I, I, I rejoiced in it, but I didn't fully grasp it. it. took me a long time to grasp it. It's Second Corinthians or 1 Corinthians one thirty, which says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom. From God. Do any of you need wisdom? He became wisdom from God. He became, everybody say this with me, and righteousness. Jesus has become your righteousness. And your sanctification. And your redemption. Hallelujah. Let's wrap this up. Here's the fourth thing that we all need to know. And that's what happens if we do sin. What happens? First John chapter 2, verse 1 says, My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Say this with me. Say, I have an advocate. Who is Jesus Christ the righteous. In the Greek, that word advocate is parakletos. It's the same word that's also used for the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I have a helper. (laughs) I've got a a, a paraclete. I've got a counselor. I've got an advocate. I've got an intercessor. I've got somebody that's going to, when I go to the court, he's going to go to court with me. And he's going to plead my case for me. And he's going to show his shed blood. And the judge is going to say, forgiven. Hallelujah. 1 John 1, 9. Now this was written to Christians. It was not written to sinners. This was written to Christians. It says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. Everybody say faithful and just. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Everybody say forgive. Forgives us our sins and He cleanses us. Everybody say cleanse. 
He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The moment you find yourself falling into sin, folks, don't sit and beat yourself up and don't allow the devil to come and bring condemnation. But you run, don't walk. You run to the throne of grace and you say, Lord, I missed it. I sinned. I blew it. I received forgiveness. Would you cover me by your blood? And then say, Lord, I thank you by faith. I receive forgiveness in Jesus' name. Don't you fall for the lie um, for a minute that grace is a license for you to sin. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 is a license for you to live righteously. For you to live in holiness. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Norm, come on to the keyboard, if you will. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, the Bible says that they sinned and they hid themselves from God. And that's what a lot of people do. They sin and then they start hiding from God. God must be mad at me. God's upset at me. I think Adam and Eve thought God was going to beat them. And some people, there are some people that think God's going to beat them. They don't realize they're coming to a throne of grace and mercy. In fact, I'll be honest with you. There are some preachers, they're pretty good at beating the saints. If I didn't understand the grace of God, I might be pretty good at beating the saints. But I'm so glad we don't serve a God that beats us. You may have had a father or mother that abused you. But I'm telling you, there's a heavenly father that's not going to abuse you. He's going to love you. And He does love you. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's on your side. God's for you. And God will make a way where there doesn't appear to be a way. He'll make a way in the desert. And He'll supply your needs when people say there's no hope for you. Folks, what am I saying today? When, when you miss it, God's not going to beat you. But God wants you to humble your heart. He wants you to repent of your sin and receive His love and receive His acceptance and receive His forgiveness. I wish I was a better preacher. I wish I could communicate better than I can. But you know what? Really doesn't matter too much how good I do because I'm just a little messenger boy I'm just the FedEx delivery man that's all I am I'm the UPS guy I'm not the package Jesus is the package hallelujah thank you Jesus you say Terrell on this spring break Sunday I need to get my heart right with Jesus say Terrell today If I died, I don't know if I would go to heaven. If you walked out of this building, were hit by a car, and you died, do you have the assurance that you would go to heaven? If not, let me just see, just raise your hand and say, I I need, I need the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. All over this room. I need, thank you, thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? I need the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. Anybody else? Yes. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, right back here. Yes, thank you. I need the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. I want to trust His shed blood as the full payment for my sin.
Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. This is a two-fold altar call, and this is just the first part. So unless you've got a meeting, unless you've got an appointment you've got to run out to, I'm going to ask you just to hang in here with us. If you've raised your hand, I'm going to ask you just to slip up from where you are, are sitting. Just stand up and come right down here. We're going to pray a prayer with you, and then we're going to let you go. That's what we're going to do. So if you raised your hand, come on just boldly. See, everybody that Jesus called, Jesus called publicly. And he called people publicly. And you publicly, you're saying, you know what? Today, I'm putting my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I'm making Jesus Christ my King, my Lord, my Master. Come on, if you raised your hand. There are more of you that raised your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't let fear hold you back. Come on. That's it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There are a couple more folks that raised your hand. There are a couple more of you that raised your hand this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're going to pray a prayer together. Everybody, everybody, repeat this after me. Say, Lord God, today I come to you and I trust not in myself, but in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, forgive me of my sins. I trust the shed blood of Christ as the full payment for all of my sins. Forgive me. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Say it again. Jesus Christ is now my Lord. Come fill me, Holy Spirit. I say yes to Jesus. I say no to the flesh. I say no to the devil. Lord God, I thank you because you have saved. You said whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I thank you that you have saved my, my, my sisters that have responded this morning. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you that there's joy in heaven. I thank you that je- heaven is having a party this morning. I thank you, Lord God. I give you praise. And I give you glory. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to do a couple of things. Terry's going to get some some booklets. Just stand right here. She's going to get some booklets. Or somebody's getting them. Yeah. Yeah, let me direct traffic here. Terry's going to get some booklets. And she's going to give them to you. I'm going to ask for everybody in the house to stand now. Everybody all all over the house to stand. And here's what I'm going to ask us to do. On this, this is spring break weekend. I'm going to ask everybody that will, they'll say, Pastor, I just want to consecrate my own life to the Lord Jesus. I know the Lord, but I just want him to have all of me. And today I want to pray a prayer of consecration. We're not going to keep you long, but if you'll say, I want to be a part of this consecration prayer. And I hope it's every single one of you. I just want you to start moving from where you're, from where you're standing right now, all over the house. I want you to move and I want you to come on up. Ladies, if you could just come up a little closer so people behind you can get in here. Hallelujah. Terry's got these booklets she's given to you. We're going to pray this prayer of consecration. And that means you're saying, Lord, I belong to you, Jesus. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. Lord, I give myself to you without holding back. That's it. Come on, just come on. Move in a little closer so let people get in behind you. 
Come on. Lord, I just consecrate myself to you. Lord Jesus, we pray not our will, but thy will be done. Lord God, we consecrate ourselves to you. God, we give you our mind, our will, our emotions. God, we give you our lives. We give you our families, God. We give you our health. God, we give you our finances. God, we give you our, our, our emotions. God, we give every part of us to you. Lord, we're not going to hold back, but we make Jesus Christ our King and our Lord and our Master. We make a radical commitment of our heart and of our life to the Lord Jesus Christ today. We make a radical commitment of who we are. And Lord Jesus, we ask you to fill us anew and afresh with the Holy Spirit right now. Now, saints, just start, start begin thanking God. Say, thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit anew and afresh. Come on. Thank you for filling me anew and afresh with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me anew and afresh with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me anew and afresh with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee, we have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.